We have some passports for you if you would like to have one and join us. It is 40 days of prayer, fasting, and the word. And um, if you would like to join us, in fact, we have those ushers. Are you about? The ushers will give you one. And once you get it, I will kind of walk you through it. And, uh, and then uh, you um, can kind of follow along with us and you'll see uh, what this 40 days is. Brother Josiah printed these up, did a great job. Uh, and then next Sunday morning and Sunday night, we're going to have a revival service with a young couple from Texas. And uh, <clears throat> you'll be blessed out, actually out in the Texaco district uh, from uh, Brother Terry Pugh's church. In fact, it's his son-in-law, and you'll be blessed. So uh, you don't want to miss next Sunday morning, Sunday night, special guest evangelist. And uh, we're starting this year off with prayer and the word and fasting. And I know fasting sounds like a bad uh, word here. Uh, Brother Keys, Brother Keys, would you mind giving these three men, I want them to make sure they're involved in prayer and fasting. I, I want them to be involved. I don't, did you get one, ma'am? All right, I want to make sure you're involved as well. So I want to make sure if, um, uh, if you have uh, one of these and uh, you would like to uh, go through this, uh, you will see uh, that it, uh, you turn open the page and uh, there's a blank page. You can put your name in it on the front or on the so inside. And it talks to you about the purpose and why we're doing this. You can read that and the Bible reading. And I'm going to talk a little about this today as we get into the word of the Lord. And then it, <clears throat> the prayer part of it. Uh, it talks about the prayer part of all of these things as well as the fasting part on page two. The prayer part of it is we're trying to get some lasting prayer habits. In fact, uh, <clears throat> when we did the early morning prayer, uh, we've done it this now for two or three years, there have been a group that have just said, well, we're going to pray every Friday. And so all year long, there was a group of people that were here early morning prayer every Friday from 6 to 7. But this week, <coughs> we'll start early morning prayer, starting tomorrow morning. Now, I understand if it's, you know, uh, if it's a little inconvenient, it's out of your way, or you can't drive in, or it's too far, I get it, but, you know, uh, set your alarm, pray at home, get into a prayer closet, wherever that is. But uh, there's some special strength if you come here. It's <clears throat> sort of an early morning, all-church, corporate 
prayer starts at six o'clock. Now, you don't have to stay till six, till 10. You don't have to come at six, but what we try to do is there's a group that come about six, we'll have the church open, and then uh, usually Brother and Sister Phillips sort of are some of the last ones and they lock it up uh, about 10. Well, we used to have the prayer room open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and uh, it got to be where uh, we were advised not to, not only from the police, but uh, there were folks that were living there in the prayer room, and and then if they needed to go to the bathroom or something, they just went ahead and did that, and so we had to deal with all of that. So unfortunately, now we have to, uh, you know, open and shut. But if you want to come. Uh, anytime from 6 to 10, the prayer room will be open any day. If you want to do this at home, you're welcome to as well. Come and go. That happens this week, and then it will happen the week of February the 3rd uh, through the 7th. So we start it the first week and sort of the last week with an early morning prayer. Now, if you, as I said, if it's... Um, you know, if it's inconvenient or if it's snowing bad and you don't want to trust, a, I, I get it. Not demanding, not demanding a certain time. I'm not here taking a list. This is for you to develop a habit of getting up, praying, setting aside some time, setting aside a, a time to pray and asking God. And I'm going to talk to you today about why that's so important. Anyway, uh, then uh, every Sunday evening, starting next Sunday before church, we will have prayer. And inside this list are a bunch of prayer needs. If you want to flip forward to pages 6 and 7, uh, there are prayer needs. And we have a lot of those prayer needs listed. So in the next uh, several weeks, we're not going to ne necessarily mention all of these names. I know a lot of times we will mention special needs shut-ins and we'll mention a lot of names, but there are a lot of those names we've listed out here. Uh, Brother Galoni, and Brother Tracy Keys, uh, Brother Reagan, and Brother Mike Porter, Sister Pauline Hooper, others that we know, Brother David Glover, and I could go through that list, that we know, Brother Richard Stretton, that we know we need to pray for, but those are listed here on page six and seven. And there's places, if you want to write some others, names that you can add those to it. So we're going to, when we come for prayer on Sunday morning, we're not going to necessarily, we do have a board, we write other names up, but you have this passport you can take with you, and uh, it's yours, you can pray. And so those are the prayer needs. On page five, if you have, if you turn back a page, it said seven items of faith. Those are also things that you're praying for, seven things that you're believing God for. And you can write those out. Maybe you're believing God to move in your family or to save your children or you're going to touch your <coughs> in-laws, whatever it might be. 
uh, seven items of faith, praying for a revival, praying for um, the Lord to heal my marriage, whatever it is that needs to be, you can write those down and then again you will have them. There's also area there if you have more than seven, you can do uh, 107 if you write real small. And uh, that's great. Uh, but those will help you then as you pray. <clears throat> and those are uh, seven items of faith. Those are the things that you are wanting God to do during this 40 days of fire. What, maybe you're wanting God to bring deliverance to you. Maybe you're, God, you're wanting God to help you with uh, anger or frustration or whatever. And uh, <clears throat> this is where you will list those. Now when we fast, and, and I could spend a whole sun, Sunday morning service, but most of us understand fasting. Fasting is not buying something from God. Fasting is not like putting money into a coin, into a Coke machine, and getting back a particular uh, Coke or whatever. Uh, it is really denying myself. It's bringing myself under subjection to the Spirit. Uh, one writer said, the Spirit is willing, but the what? Flesh is weak. And so this is my way of, of saying no to the flesh. And most of us, <clears throat> our flesh doesn't like to be said no to, as probably those of us who overate on Christmas or had too many sweets or wondered uh, why did I don't feel right. And, you know, then you think back about what you ate for the last two days. And you go, oh, I know why I don't feel right. I've had 400 pounds of sugar in the last three days. That's right. Anyway, all right. And so <clears throat> that's what um, <clears throat> denying the flesh. So the first week, uh, January, December 30th through January 3rd, Monday through Friday, we will be doing an uh, early morning prayer. The next week, January 6th, through the 10th, Monday through Friday, we will be having what we call a meaningful fast. Now that meaningful fast will be what does it mean to you? It may be different from me and from my wife. It may be different from the whole family. It might be something you do, something you, uh, you know, maybe you get up and check the mail on your phone first thing. Maybe you, uh, maybe you get log on to Facebook every day. And so put it down for a week. If that's meaningful, don't do that. Uh, and now I know you say, well, I have to log on for my job. I'm not telling you to get fired. This is a fast though. This is something that I eat, I drink, or I do that is going to make me recognize, oh, wow, I don't need to do that. And hopefully when I get ready to do that, I will rather than do whatever it is or drink whatever it is or eat whatever it is, I will remember, it will cause me to remember, Lord, I want to thank you. I'm doing this. I'm giving it up in honor to you. I'm doing this, uh, fasting this in honor to you. I'm doing this for you. And so that will be um, uh, important, uh, something meaningful. The next week, starting on Monday, January 13th through January 17th, Friday, uh, it's a meal fast. 
Now, uh, if you want, and, and I put down here, uh, obviously, uh, if you have a medical condition and you need to take some food with crackers or whatever with your medicine or you need something, I'm not, I'm not asking you to miss everything. I'm not, we're not demanding if you have work responsibilities and you know, I don't want you passing out uh, and getting lightheaded, but I, you may fast. I, I put A, B, and C. You may fast from 6 in the morning to 6 p.m. You may fast one meal each day, or you may fast a 24-hour period two or three days that week. So whatever you choose to do. I was uh, reading uh, an article that a lot of people are getting into uh, now uh, fasting 18 hours a day and eating only six hours a day. And they say, you, you know, your blood sugar's better and you lose weight and it's becoming a new fad. I'm not telling you to do it that way. I'm not telling you to fast 18 hours. I'm not telling you what to do. But it's amazing that they're saying medically, you know, might help you not to eat quite as much as we graze sometimes or have been known to. I have anyway. So that goes from January 13th through the 17th. Then in January the um, 20th through the 24th, uh, if you'll turn on the back of page four, you will notice that that is media fasting. Now that might be uh, videos, that might be uh, your phone, that might be whatever it is that you do. Video games, uh, television, radio, texting, and uh, boy, won't that be something, you know? Uh, I, I talked to, I was talking to my dad and just as you walk around, here you are and we were in Disney and you're looking at all this stuff and I was amazed at how many people were looking at their phone. I was blown away. I was like, you know, I had a phone out, take a picture, then they're looking and then they're, it's all about their phone in the middle of where you're supposed to be looking at everything else. But anyway, that whole other subject. So media fasting and uh, <clears throat> trying I know you get bored, read the Bible. That's exciting. I didn't hear a lot of amens. I'm sorry. Oh, me, I heard. Okay, that's January 20th through 24th. Then January 27th through January 31st, uh, we'll fast meat. So that's going to be like... Um, uh, and again, if you need, uh, for medical reasons or something, you, d you need to eat meat, uh, fine. Although, you know, usually they have a, a meat substitute. I even heard that, you know, uh, Burger King and all these other places. I don't know if they have one or not. But uh, uh, plant-based donuts, <coughs> that'll be delicious. Uh, so don't eat meat. <coughs> but... Uh, the purpose of all of this, and uh, then you'll notice there's also on the last page or page eight of your handout, and then I told you about the prayer needs, but on page eight of your handout, we have that list over and over again uh, about each day, and it's starting tomorrow, early morning prayer, uh, and then um, um, uh, the corporate prayer there is not this Tuesday uh, where it says December the 31st um, scratch that out 
and it's on January the 7th, corporate prayer. Okay? See that correction there on page 8? Corporate prayer is down at <clears throat> on January 7th because this Tuesday is actually December the 31st. And we do it the first Tuesday of the month. Okay? So this first week is early morning prayer. And then there's a portion of Bible that you can read. And you don't, and it's like Genesis chapter 1 and 2. And you say, well, I've read it. Genesis chapter 3, Genesis chapter 15. It's not the entire Bible, but it's some verses that you can read while that knowing that corporately we are reading these together. We're looking at this part of the word together. And you can read it during your prayer time. You can read it in the evening. Uh, you can read it in addition to reading your Bible through. I know Brother Keyes would encourage all of us to read our Bible through this year. And this is a good way to develop a habit of reading your Bible. And we, you'll notice that we start in Genesis, and in 40 days we're all the way down to Revelation. So, um, uh, the only change that I note there is the corporate prayer at 7 on December the 31st. That should be corporate prayer on January the 7th. So, any questions? All clear? Uh, if you have a question, you're welcome to see me afterwards. As again, I said, this is uh, uh, something you can keep uh, with your Bible and uh, you can keep with your iPad. Uh, we might be able to have it electronically, I'm not sure. But uh, <clears throat> the point is, uh, we really want you all, want us all, to <clears throat> get involved in 40 days of fire. So, glory. If you uh, uh, don't forget today, there is a uh, meal that uh, we have. And what was that? And after they eat, the choir is going to be on the platform. Uh, the choir will be helping lead worship. And we'll be having a, a good time of worship. You have the control up there. So I... Looking at the 40 days of fire, and I know next Sunday morning, Sunday night, we have a special guest speaker. You'll be blessed, and uh, they're going to be with us. Uh, so uh, we'll be talking some more about that as we uh, go forward. We are thankful around here. We are growing. Okay. Um, you'll have to change those slides. I Okay. All right. 40 days of fire. Uh, <clears throat> I, I know <clears throat> some of this is going to sound familiar to you, but I, I was thinking and praying, why are we doing this? Why are we praying? Why are we engaged in this <clears throat> prayer? And, of course, it, it's impossible to go through every part of the explanation. But I hope that I can give you a little bit of an understanding today why we are taking a prayer journey this 40 days and trying to open up the year with this 
We've done this before. It's always been important, and we, we do it. And yet I don't want it to be just simply, well, we just do it because I want us to sort of understand and to really get a full understanding. I sort of went back to how this whole thing began and where the war is and the battle is and, and the battle that we face spiritually. The Bible is very clear. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but we're wrestling against spirits and principalities and, and attitudes and emotions. And of course, we've seen anger and vitriol and, and frustration and rage and people can go from one to a hundred and, and, uh, and all kinds of, of jealousy and fear and, and, and fear, a big one, and anxiety and all of those sorts of things that we can't put your finger on and our society does its best to try to eliminate fear and eliminate all of those anxieties and frustrations and the government is willing to have a safety net and we get medical insurance and and you don't have to fear you don't have to worry we're going to cover you and and that's part of our job humanly is to do its best to somehow eliminate any frustration, any anxiety, any whatever. And yet we know that it's just not possible for humans to eliminate all of that. Because just because you have insurance, you go to the doctor and the doctor says, well, I'm sorry, I can't treat that. Or you've got a different somebody or whatever. And so we know that that's impossible to eliminate those frustrations and those anxieties and those fears. In fact, the biggest fear that the Bible mentions is the fear of death that we are subject to. And yet we have people that try to, you know, how can we, uh, you know, get frozen. And there are people today that have paid, I'm sure, thousands of dollars to freeze their body, hoping that one day they're going to thaw them out and cure whatever it is or make them live forever. And I hope that happens for them. I just wonder not if it's just like an ice cube, though, somewhere. And when it melts, it's going to be, you know, whatever whatever and and I know maybe y'all didn't know that was popular for a while but everybody was talking about you know you know that way I won't die I'll just be frozen I'll be a popsicle and I never die and and yet the Bible even addresses who we were subject all our life long to fear under this day and this comes from, if you want to know, say, good and evil. And I know people ask, well, why did the Lord allow the devil? And why did the Lord make the devil? And in reality, the Lord did not make the devil do what he did. When you read uh, Ezekiel, talks about the enemy. And he said, you've been in the Garden of Eden of God. And you were an anointed cherub that covereth. And we know from the Bible, and you all already know this, that the temple was a prototype of what was in the heavenlies. The heavenlies, the Bible says, uh, was an earthly representation of what was going on in the heavens. And so the anointed cherub that covers, those were the archangels that covered the mercy seat or where God dwelt. And so Lucifer, 
Satan was there in Eden in uh, where the seed of God was and the anointed cherub. And he said, you walked up and down uh, the holy mountain of God. Everybody say the holy mountain of God. And you walked up and down in the stones of fire and you were perfect till you on the day you were created. And it, then it uses this phrase, until iniquity was found where? In us. Boy, I'm glad I don't have any iniquity in me. And our kids don't have any iniquity in them. It's in us, folks. And that's why when we talk about fasting, it's to try to bring our flesh under submission to the Spirit. <clears throat> because iniquity was found in Lucifer. And the Lord cast him out of the mountain of God. <clears throat> if you read the Isaiah portion that describes this, uh, in Isaiah chapter 14, here's what it was that was in Lucifer. It was, uh, he said, How thou art fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How thou art cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations. For thou hast said in where? Thy heart, inside. You said in your heart, and then what did he say? I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also on the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend into the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. I will. I will. <laughs> I don't want to. I will. I don't like that. I don't want. I will. Everybody say, I will. I don't, I don't like being told what to do. And maybe it's just me. Huh? <laughs> There's a little bit of that I think in everybody. And when the kids hit about two, year and a half, it begins to blossom. And I, I don't think that's gonna be bad. I think I can handle that. I think, I know you say that if I do that, this could happen, but I don't think it'll happen to me. I don't think I will do it. I don't want to do it. I like to do what, I, huh? <clears throat> but you don't understand, it's what I want. So when we say, why did God make Lucifer? It was in him. <clears throat> to do what he wanted to do and didn't want God to tell him what to do. God had created him to be an archangel, to stand there and hover around his presence. And Lucifer simply said, 
I don't want to. I would rather be above that. I think I'm better than that. I don't think I should be relegated to that. I think you've got to understand that that's not who I am. Now, we know then Genesis and probably the ultimate was that when the Lord cursed Satan, he made him a snake and threw him out of heaven, threw him out of the mountain of God and made him put dirt in his mouth. I don't know. I've had soap rubbed in my mouth a couple times when I was growing up. I won't tell you why. But I've never had to eat a mouthful of dirt. Might have done so because I was eating a mud pie. <clears throat> but imagine having to eat dust. <clears throat> wow. What a punishment that would be. You want to talk about what you want to do? Here, have a teaspoon of dirt. I'm not telling you to do that to your kids. I'm just telling you that's what God did to Lucifer. He said, you're on your belly and you're going to eat dust from here on out. Now, this doesn't sit well with the devil. And he believes that he, when he was there in the garden that then God makes Adam and Eve and he tells them, puts them in the garden and he says, now you guys, I want you to do exactly what I say. You can have everything out here, but this one tree, I don't want you to do it. Just do that one thing. Just one little thing. It's all you gotta do. You don't, you don't have to pray. You don't have to fast. You don't have to read your Bible. You just walk with me, but just do one thing don't eat the tree. And you remember the story? You know what happens? That what was the one thing that they ended up doing? And there was the curse. And when they were cursed, because they listened to Lucifer, they relegated their power back to the devil. The Lord had given Adam and Eve dominion and authority over all the living animals, over everything. And when they disobeyed, what they were doing is saying, I want, I will eat this. Now, she didn't actually say, well, I will ignore what God said, but she did. You understand? I may say, I, 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 am smarter than the highway department that sets a speed limit of 70 on the highway. I will do what I want to do, but if I disobey, I'm in effect. You understand? Oh, it's getting quiet. We're going for 40 days of prayer and fasting. Hallelujah. So this I will, I will, I will, all of this <clears throat> came down to, of course, we know that <clears throat> there was, he said that there's going to be the seed of the woman that's going to bruise your head and so forth. So when Jesus was born and Jesus was going through, growing up, was in the temple, and then the day he goes to be baptized, remember what happens. The voice from heaven 
says, this is the guy. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And so that same voice that cast Lucifer down and cursed him now says, this is the guy that's going to challenge you, Satan. And immediately the devil zeroed in on that because you're going to be the one to submit completely to the will of God. I'm going to stop that. And so after he was baptized, he was carried away by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And he went through 40 days of fasting. For 40 days he did deep. He was not fasting like we are fasting. He was fasting. The enemy wanted him to be weak with hunger so that he was in his most weakened condition. When we fast, we're not trying to get our flesh weak. We're trying to bolster our spirit. And that's what was happening with Jesus. He was going into spiritual warfare, if you will. But he was weakening the flesh and bolstering the spirit. And so for 40 days, here he is fasting. And then what happens? The devil starts tempting him. The first temptation was, of course, a very powerful one whenever it was a hot slice of bread. After not eating 40 days, 40 nights, that would be an amazing temptation. Wow, here it is. Smell it. Feel it. Taste it. Wow, bread. An amazing thing for the flesh. And you go through the temptations. But I want to draw your attention because I know you all know a lot of those. <laughs> but uh, draw your attention to in the second temptation in Matthew or the third temptation in Luke's gospel where it says the devil took him to an exceeding high mountain. Now this isn't the mountain of God, but it was the closest representation to the mountain of God where Lucifer had been thrown out. This is the earthly representation of the mountain of God. And Lucifer brings Jesus to a mountain. And he says, look, all around you. And what does he say? All this, what's the word? Power. Everybody say power. I will I give thee and the glory of them. For it has been delivered unto me. And to whomever I will, I give it. The devil said, I have power and glory. And I can give it to whomever I choose. You ever wonder why sometimes people that are maybe so diabolical can rise into such power or prominence or preeminence? The devil has power and glory. He offered it to Jesus. Go back. You went too fast. Go back. I, hello. Go back. Go back. There we go. Perfect. Right there. Okay. 40 days of fire. Matthew 4. 
Jesus was led up to a high mountain, showed all the kingdoms of a moment of time. Well, you're in Luke now. I, I want it in the Matthew version. There we go. Which is the first, which? This is the first one? Okay. Then I'll read the Luke version. <laughs> Not yet on the Luke version. Which one is the? I don't have the authority to move this slide. <laughs> Is Matthew first on my slides or is Luke first on my slides? Matthew, okay. There we go. Takes him into a high mountain, shows him all the, what does it say? Kingdoms, everybody say kingdoms. Kingdom. Of the world and the? Glory. Everybody say glory. glory. And he said, I will give you if you'll fall down and do what? Worship me. And what does the Lord say? He uses the Bible. That's why we do Bible reading. He uses the Bible and say, It is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God. Him only shalt thou serve. So that's why you use the word to fight the enemy. So the devil takes him to a high mountain and shows him kingdoms. Everybody say kingdoms. And glory. Now, the next slide. I'll read it to you in the Luke version, which is what we were trying to get to. Now it says... The devil taking him to a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms. Everybody say kingdoms. And a moment of time and said all of this power. Everybody say power. power. Will I give thee and the glory of them that has been delivered unto me and to whosoever I give it. If you'll worship me. This is why people don't understand, well, how come the devil can be so powerful? Because he has the power of all the kingdoms and the power and the glory. The kingdoms and the power and the glory. And what did Jesus say? Get thee behind me, Satan. For it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall, I, shall thou serve. After this happened in Matthew, the fourth chapter, in Matthew, the sixth chapter, Jesus' disciples come to him and say, teach us how to pray. Do you remember? And Jesus said, after this manner shall you pray. I think Jesus brought him to a mountain. Okay? I don't know if it was the same mountain he was tempted on. I don't know if it was a different mountain. But I think he brought him to a high mountain. And he said, after this manner you pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy Come. Thy. I'm submitting my will to your will. It's not about what I want. It's about what you want. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day 
our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Now Matthew records this last phrase. Luke does not but I love it. I always say it when I say the Lord's Prayer because that last phrase is a direct attack on the enemy. For thine is the and the and the devil you don't have authority to give me anything thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever when we pray we submit our will to him we are saying Lord we want your kingdom to come into our life we need your power we need your glory you have to understand. You say, well, oh, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm facing the enemy. There it is. Thank you, Brother Josh. I, I'm facing the enemy, and I, I don't know how to deal with this. I don't know how to deal with what's going on in my life. I don't know how to deal with all the problems that I have. Let me tell you, submit your will to God and say, not my will, but thine, Lord. If you try to work it out on your own, and you try to do it by yourself, and you say, it's fine. You, you, can, you can go to a financial advisor, and you can go to a doctor and a lawyer and a butcher and a baker, but when you go, go praying. Lord, let your will be done in my life. I want your will. I want your power. I want your glory. You say, well, I know this is what's going to get me through when we have these prayer needs. We, all of them, they're probably going to doctors, and we, I appreciate the doctors. They're going and checking. And that's wonderful. And surgery and all that. I'm not against any of that. But at the same time, I'm praying, Lord, it's not by the doctor's might nor by the doctor's power. I'm depending on the will. I'm, my will is submitted unto your will, not my will. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven heaven when Jesus went to go into the garden to be tempted uh, before he was going to be crucified of course his whole life Jesus was about doing the will of the Father, doing the will of the God, doing the will of the Father. He kept saying doing not my will, doing the will of the Father, doing the will, doing the will submitting himself to the will. Here he was and we know Pilate said, you know, uh, hey, if you'll just tell me, I'll let you go. And he goes, look, I know, I, I don't, I, I'm submitting to this, but I, I could call 10,000 angels right now. I don't have to do what I'm going through, but I'm doing it as under the Lord. And when he prayed in the garden, in Matthew records, it says, and he comes to his disciples and finds them asleep and says, unto Peter, what, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Why? Watch and pray. Well, watch, expecting that God's going to do something, but pray. And he'd already taught them how to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. And so 
we, we have other prayer needs. And I understand. He said, watch and pray. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he went away the second time and prayed, oh, my father, if this cup pass from me except I drink it, thy will be done. And in another place it records him saying the phrase, not my will, but thy will. When you read what John said, when he specifically wrote about this prayer, the prayers recorded in St. John the 17th chapter, powerful words here in St. John 17, words that you really ought to notice. You could read the whole chapter. It's his whole prayer. It's something if you want to read a, a prayer while you're praying, read Jesus' prayer. It's a powerful prayer that he prays in the garden. St. John the 17th chapter, here's what Jesus said. There, these words spake Jesus and he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. And what did he say? Glorify. Everybody say glorify. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee as thou hast given him power. there it is. Power for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory that you should give to eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal that they might know that I am the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on earth. I have finished the work thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self and with the glory which I had from when the world he said all of that glory that was their creation I want you to funnel all of that back down to me where the devil has no glory anymore it's now back at the seat within Jesus when he goes through the cross oh what are you saying I, I'm saying if you really want the glory of God you have to be willing to submit your will to God and say not my will but thine be done Simon Peter <coughs> began to understand this <coughs> whenever he he said in um, uh, sorry Matthew 28th chapter first, first and second verses uh, in the day, at the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn, the first day of the week, this is whenever he came out of the resurrection, was crucified, rose, comes into the garden, Mary is there, Magdalene. And Mary's come to see the sepulcher, and there was a great earthquake. The angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. And here's the phrase, one of the first words out of the tomb that Jesus said. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Hmm? What are you saying? I'm saying there is all power. All for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. When we pray, what we're doing is trying to line ourselves up 
to be a conduit for the power of God. He says in the Old Testament, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and submit their will to me. What are you trying to do? I'm trying to get you to understand for these next 40 days, we are asking for the kingdom. We're asking for the power. We're asking for the glory. We sang a song today. Cover the earth with your glory. Cover the earth with your glory. Oh, we're asking God, cover Newark with your glory. Cover Newark with your power. Cover my family with your glory. <coughs> Peter said it. Simon did like this. Second Peter, the first chapter, the third and Fourth verses, it says, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things pertaining unto life and godliness, that through the knowledge of him that hath called us unto glory and virtue, whereby, virtue would be another word for power, whereby are given unto us great and exceeding promises that we might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world. And where does the corruption of the world come from? Lust. And what is lust? What does the word lust mean? My desires. It's my desires. But I don't want to. I'm headed for corruption. But I don't think it's going to corrupt me. But I don't feel like it right now. What I want to do, how I want to do it, when I want to do it, the way I like to do it, is more corrupting than anything else in the world. Because it starts with... Yes. But when I say, Thy will be done in our life. Lord, I need your will. Oh, I want your wisdom. I want your guidance. Simon goes on to write in the third chapter, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last day scoffers or mockers, walking after what? Their own lust. Saying what? What is it going to matter? Everything continues. Why do you go to church? Why do you act like that? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Things don't change. I don't, I don't think it'll make any difference. I don't want to do that. I don't want to have to follow the word. I don't think that's necessary. I don't like to do it that way. But you don't understand. I don't do that. I don't think you have to do that. I don't think I don't, I don't, I want, I, 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 I. For they willingly, when you rely on your own 
sins. You are willingly ignorant. Yes. Think about it. Of the divine power of Almighty God. If I say, I don't think a doctor can help me. I just don't think they can. Huh? I'm not going. I don't believe it. Guess what? They'll never be able to help you. You understand? Well, I don't think... I don't think they should tell me how fast I can drive. You may not be driving very long. You understand? When you willingly refuse to submit to the word of God all the way back to Genesis that by the word and I understand I, and I get tickled because there's some people that say are you trying to tell me and the one thing that people like to argue the most about is creation you're telling me that God created the world in seven days how could that be that's not scientifically possible I've read up on science and I know what can happen in science and I understand all about asteroids and I know that what and yet Genesis 1 and 2 have net you can't disprove them. I don't care if you believe the Big Bang Theory. They're in Genesis 1 and 2. Genesis 1 and 2 are the most amazingly written chapters to be written 4,000 years ago that are, we, we can imagine. Because some people wrote, you know, well, the world was carried by elephants on the back of whatever. And I mean, we can disprove that. But that doesn't say anything about elephants. So he said, willingly they are ignorant that by the word of God, that the word is going to have influence in my life. The heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water. What are you talking about the word of God? <clears throat> Isaiah wrote it like this. When the Messiah comes, he is going to be wounded for our transgressions. And he's going to be bruised for our, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. And yet all of us find ourselves like sheep with our head down, living our lives, doing our own little thing, eating grass, drinking water, and getting out of the voice of the shepherd. But this 40 days of fire is our wake-up call. Let's start the year again. Where's the word of God into my life? Where I don't want to do my own thing. I want to let him lead me beside still waters. I want to let him restore my soul. I don't want to go off, oh, I know, it's, I, I can do what I want this year. And I, 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 if I want to go to school, I can go to school. If I want to get a different job, I can get a different job. If I want to do this, if I want to do that, if I, 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 just for 40 days, I hope I do it all the time. I want to pray, not my will, but thine be done. I don't want my lust my desires and so fasting and praying and trying to 
corporately come together is that sense of Lord we want your kingdom and your power and your glory because if I have his kingdom and his power and his glory I don't care what glory the world could give if I have the glory and I don't know I, I know a lot of A lot of football players, I'm sure, prayed last night and asked God to help them, and I understand that, but somebody told me that after some of the first words out of the Clemson coach's mouth were something about, I want to give all the glory to God. I don't know. He didn't have to say it. Some of you may have thought, well, that's kind of stupid. God's not interested in that. I, I'm not saying I would have said it. I, I don't know, but I want to tell you, my life has got to be lived every day for thine is the kingdom and the glory and the power forever. Everything that I do, every time I go, every time I go to work, every time I go to school, every time I go to the job, I'm doing it not for my glory. His glory. It's not about who I am. It's about who we are. When they would come to him and say, Jesus, what I, he would say, it's not me. It's the Father in me doing the work. It's not about who I am. It's about who he is. That's what this 40 days is all about. So my charge to you is there's a passport. If you'd like to join us, I want you to stand. We're going to come to the front. We're going to pray corporately. We're going to ask the Lord to bless our food. We're going to ask the Lord to bless us today. We're going to come back and worship. But this is all about him, folks. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. For thine is the kingdom.